This is the Kaniac Report. I am Sam Wallace. And I am Sam Driscoll. And you know what? What? Ah! Mr. Svechnikov! Yes. episode of the Kaniac Report, we hope you guys have had a great week. I'm sorry you're having to watch regular season. Sam has complained all week how it's not preseason anymore. I'm happy it's regular season. I'm happy that the games have meaning, most of it. I wish that Oilers game was preseason. It felt like preseason a little bit, but we'll get to that game eventually. I'm just happy that we eventually get to cover a full Pretty much a week of regular season. And action. you know what? We get a home game on Friday, finally. I know. Uh, the, the away schedule, for those of you who don't know, is really, really spread out. Rod wasn't happy about that, too. Rod had an interview, and he talked about the schedule, and that's something to kind of discuss. It hasn't been very favorable to Carolina. It doesn't really allow them to get into a groove, because we play... What we would say, we're recording on a Friday. So we played last night in Edmonton. We play tomorrow in Calgary, and we're going to have a segment on that Calgary game added at the end. Um, I mean, it just... And then you go... Sunday you don't play. I think you play Monday. So you have a couple games you know, every other day. That's good. Then you go four days before you play again. And then you play the Islanders at home. It's just these breaks are kind of... Unfortunately, they don't really allow the team to get into a groove, and that's unfortunate. Yes, but as we get into the season more, they will be able to get into a groove. Now, let's start with some news on both the NHL and the Canes. The only NHL news that I do have for you guys is that the NHL Board of Governors meeting spoke out and were very optimistic after this season the cap is might rise to four million dollars which is great and for those who don't know what the board of governors is it's a group of the owners or the reps basically and they came out saying they're optimistic about that yeah i think that's that would be good for the league um Especially with everything, you know, with how expensive everything is, players are going to ask for more. So, you know, Aho, just given kind of where things are going, I expect Aho at this point, he might be asking for 10. So that 4 million bump is going to be good, gives you some wiggle room there. So um, that's good. You have to sign Natchez in two years, Jarvis in two years, um, Teravinen, Slavin, Pesci, Shea. Uh, Burns probably retires at the end of his contract, but all these players are up in two to three years, so they need I mean, all the cap space they can get. Yeah, and I'm mean, another thing. I mean, you're going to get like we've said before, you get six million next year because Jordan Stahl's contract expires. I expect him to be with the team, but not at six. So I'll be somewhere between two and three. Yes, so we'll see what happens with the future of the Canes if the cap does go up uh, four million. Now, another news that we want to. Re- Revealed to you guys. We know that this has caused a lot of mixed reactions. And I know you said you're not a fan of it, but the Canes revealed their reverse retro jerseys. I have mixed feelings on it. I know you're probably more along the scale of no, I'm guessing. It's or reverse retro. Retro. <laughs> not 2019 reverse right come on this could have been this is where i have the problem so if you want to look at some of these old some of these teams who have done it they went back i love the washington jersey i like the buffalo jersey i like going back to those old classic jerseys that you have i get changing things i do but i i don't i don't understand this could have been a slam dunk if you took the old black alternates and made them white made them red those were big. Everyone loved those. I loved them. Why, what was so hard about doing that? Why did you go with the 2019? Those are the, probably the most unpopular of the jerseys, are those new whites. Why would you just make them red and try and sell them again? I don't get it. I don't like them. I know some people do. I know some of you might not like me for saying that I don't like them. Am I still going to cheer for the team? Sure. Do I still love this team? Absolutely. Will I still buy one? Eh, 
maybe we'll see just to have one well it's an opinion and everybody is entitled to their own opinion so if you like it good for you yeah if you don't then that's fine too there's no right answer yeah Mm -hmm. to this um unless you like it then you're wrong Okay. So, <laughs> all right. <laughs> so, I mean, my reaction I kid, to of course. it. My reaction to it. I mean, I was a little bit disappointed when I first saw it. And to be honest, I love the jersey itself. I just don't like the logo that it's showing, the diagonal canes. I would have liked to see kind of like what you said, the uh, logo of the first alternate jersey that we have there yeah. or even just the regular hurricanes logo i would be fine i'm just not a big fan of the diagonal thing because i don't think it's creative no. and a lot of teams do that yeah. rangers away jersey is diagonal yeah and i think another team did their reverse retro on a diagonal i just can't remember yeah there was is. a couple when they released the reverse retros it's not creative you took your away jersey and you made it red Okay. Yes, really? but that's my opinion. So we'll just leave it at that. And the next news we are going to have, this is actually pretty good news, is that NHL posted their Super 16 power rankings this week, and Carolina was number one. This was before the Edmonton game, <laughs> though, so I don't expect us to be number one next week. Um, I mean, but, you know what? Even with that loss, I think Carolina showed that they can still score. I, I really do. I mean, you have Svechnikov, we'll talk about it. But I, I think this game really shows that um, even the Edmonton game, I think it shows Carolina's got offense now that they might not have had before. And I think some players are um, really... Um, Stepping up. Yes. And, and I think there's a lot of good to take out of all of these games that they've played all four. Um, but you know what? They'll keep, they'll keep moving on. I think we'll have a good night... Uh, I'm hoping we have a good night against Calgary. You know, that would be good to go up to Canada and at least get four two out of possible four and um in the Battle of Alberta. Yes. And uh, another piece of news for you is that Jacob Slavin makes franchise history by making the most assists by a defenseman. He had uh, has 174. Good for him. And he's yeah. been with the team for a while, so this kind of, to me, made sense when I saw the announcement. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Jacob Slavin's one of one of your favorite players, and he's one of mine. He's a great guy, great hockey player. Um, I mean, you know what? It's it's good to see players like this succeed. So good for uh, good for Slavin, for sure. And we're really lucky to have him too. Absolutely. I mean, I, I think of all the players that Carolina has on their roster. Even over Aho, you have to make sure you keep Slavin. Because of all the players, he, you know, you, you, I believe personally in building a team from the net out. And Carolina has done that, starting to even prepare for when Freddie and Ronta go away. Because we have um, Kachikov. Kachetkov, yeah. We have uh, Pyotr Kachetkov in the minors. He comes up. I expect him to do very, very well. He comes in. He takes over the net. So you started in goal. And then you need to have Slavin. You have to keep Slavin here for his whole career. You've got that. Then you need to keep Pesci. You build. Then you move into defense. Then you go to your offense. I mean, I believe that Carolina has done a very good job. And that's a lot of thanks to Ron Francis, too, because he drafted a lot of these guys. So, you know, thanks to Ron Francis for having, you know, a great scouting team and a great drafting team. Um, and thanks to Don Waddell for getting the pieces to fit in where they needed to. Exactly. And kind of what you said with kind of building this team a little bit, too, when it comes to the prospect side of things. Yeah. I mean, on defense, Ronan Seeley might be a good name. Scott Morrow, we know that there's probably going to be huge potential for this guy. Up front, you have Jack Drury, Silly Panamarev. Noel Gundler, a lot more of these prospects that could end out to be good gems for the Hurricanes. Carolina's got a great talent pool. Absolutely fantastic talent pool. And they're already still very young, which is, to me, fantastic. Absolutely. So now let's get on to the games. Uh, Canes play at Seattle. Uh, This is their second road game on a huge road trip that they're on due to the state fair of course i think we all know that yeah and in the first period i thought this was the hurricane's best first period that they've had 
up to, I would say, the Edmonton game. Again, as we're recording this, we have not um, seen the Calgary game. Um, we're recording this ahead of it. But that was a really good first period for Carolina. Yeah, it was good. Carolina looked like they started on time, and that's what you need out of a top franchise right in the league so they, they did that they looked great i was impressed and they got rewarded for with a goal from from jarvis uh with assists from aho and shay who who've aho's looked pretty good too the last few games um so that's good i mean that's what you need you need your top players to step up and then they did this game very much so oh yes they did and in the second period this is when we started to see svechnikov step up part of the reason why i'm titling this uh mr svechnikov yeah for the episode he 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 really steps up i mean he has two goals i mean aho gets the first one in the second Mm -hmm. and of course there's a little bit of a warning sign with seattle scoring on the power play from burakovsky but svech gets two great goals one was a tip from natchez and the other was on the power play a great pass from aho Yes. I mean, what's been great is you've seen Ajo scoring goals. You've seen Natchez scoring goals. You need that. You need Natchez getting points. Really, you need Natchez getting points. Not necessarily goals, just points. And you need Natchez to score. Score a lot of goals this season. I, I, I think he needs to get to 40. You know, some people might think that's high, but I think he needs to get to 40. And I think at this pace he could, for sure. Oh, yeah. He's actually, at this point right now that we're, well... I think Stamco scored. Stamco scored tonight too, so it's he's not the leading goal scorer. He's number two, but it doesn't matter. That's fantastic. Carolina hasn't had someone probably in the top five in years, so that's good. He needs to stay there. He needs to keep scoring goals, and that's yes. why we, that's why they drafted him because that's he's a goal his scorer. forte. Yep, and and it's just interesting seeing Svech's development. I think early in his career he was more of a sniper type of player. Now he's a big power power forward and i'd like to see him get and back like to the that. sniper part I'd, I'd like to see him get back to his sniping game i i do too but I, there is a power forward drive in this game that i do like when it's on yes agreed um and yeah he got two back to back pretty quick too i mean that's what's great about um about this team is they can strike and they can strike fast that's why they're never out of a game um as much as and you know what we're, we're about to get ready to get into it too so i'll hold off that thought but um you move on to the third, and you have your dad's favorite player, Jordan Martin, getting a goal. Um, and the Carolina, that, that pretty much seals the fate of uh, the Kraken. Yeah, I thought it honestly sealed the fate of the Kraken when it came to Svech scoring his second goal. Cause, and I remember you and I were watching this game. By the end of the second period, I mean, it was late. Yeah. So it was a late game. We, be, we pretty much went to bed because you and I knew. Hurricanes could not blow this lead against a team like Seattle. I still think Seattle has some good pieces. Yeah, for sure. But Carolina is clearly, clearly the better team. And Seattle really isn't a playoff team, unlike Edmonton. No. So, yeah, good for Martinook scoring. I thought that was, when I woke up the next morning and saw that goal, I thought that was a good, hard-working play uh, where Martinook uh, gets a kind of off the rebound of the goalie's pad, so good for him. And since the Canes won this game, we're going to be doing uh, three stars. And let's let's make a rule here. Do you want to do three stars if the they win and lose, or just if they win? I tend to agree with Adam Gold. They only deserve to do three stars if they win. <laughs> okay, yeah, we'll do that. I can I see the argument for both. So the three stars for the Kane-Seattle game, to me, it was Svetch. I thought he was clearly the best player. And to me, second was Ajo. And uh, my third star, I remember I posted on the stories on Instagram. Svetch, Ajo, and I think it might have been Slavin. I could be wrong, but I just thought those three were the best on the ice. Very, very good performance by the canes yeah i thought they did great i mean my first star like you Sachnikov for sure um my next one would have been uh aho he was great and then i think natchez was good again he's just been so good so it's hard for me not to give him a star there natchez has been lights out fantastic 
Yes. I thought Natchez played really good against Seattle. I just thought um, it wasn't as intense for him as were the first two games. The first two games, I thought, were his best games. And I thought he played a little bit better against Edmonton, which we will get to. Um, I, I think the biggest takeaway from that Seattle game is that the Canes are doing pretty well against the teams that they are supposed to beat. Yeah. Like the Columbuses, like the Seattle, like the Sharks. The Sharks. Yeah, and that's important, right? You need to beat teams that aren't as good as you. But you also need to learn to beat teams that are as good as you. And we'll let that segue into the Oilers game, which Carolina had a very rough game. It was a yeah, I explained this on Instagram. The Hurricanes lost this game due to stupid mistakes. Uh, they were not the Hurricanes that I knew. The Hurricanes I knew are very, I mean, they're really good offensively, of course, but their forte is defense and goaltending. Yeah, that was a, a rough game for Carolina. Um, but, you know, the one thing you can take out of it is they were in it to the end. Yeah, they were. As bad as they played, and if they had won, they would have snatched victory out of the jaws of defeat, and Edmonton should have still won the game. They really should have. Even if they got a point, they didn't deserve one. In my opinion, they didn't deserve one. Um, This game was just... It was was a frustrating watch, because they just looked sluggish. They made a lot of mistakes, like you said. Um, And I think Anderson had a really bad game. Yeah, I didn't think he had a good game. Uh, in the first period, you have uh, Hyman scoring on the power play. So special teams, not really sharp early um, on in the game as Hyman scores. So it's one to nothing, Edmonton. Uh, but that was, I believe that was, was that tipped? I can't, tipped in? I believe I think so. it was. And, you know... Carolina, yes, not good on the special teams early. But you know what? I'd rather them be bad now, still get the win, still be good, still be in a spot, and then it kick into gear at the end of the season into the playoff. At the end of the day, I don't really care where they finish. If they finish first, awesome. They just need to get in. Because Tampa Bay has proven, it. Do, if you're a good team, it does not matter whether you're first, second, third, or wild card. You get in, you are gonna, you can do damage. Yes. Because Carolina gets true. in, no team's going to want to play Carolina. None. I don't care who gets into the playoffs. At all. I still, I still think Carolina's better than New York. I think Carolina's better than Boston, the two teams we've struggled with. I think Carolina's better than Tampa Bay now. Tampa Bay is just not... Well, they haven't they, they gotten keep losing off pieces. to a, a good start. But... No, but and they and they keep losing pieces in the offseason, and that's expected. You're not going to keep your roster from two cups because of cap reasons. That's just reality. And I think Carolina to the point now where their depth is a little bit better than Tampa Bay's. But I think Carolina, yes. you know, you're going to have bad games. They weren't going to go 82 0 We would have loved it, but that's not going to happen. And you know what? Connor McDavid was also due a good game against us. He really was. Um, I, there's an interesting stat, uh, I, I believe, of I think it, David has scored the least against us when it comes to him versing all the other teams. I can't remember. Yep. But there was a stat uh, kind of like that, and I thought that was pretty impressive. Uh, it just shows how defensively sound the Canes are, which to me caught this game really off guard when it ended 6-4 to because Canes weren't playing their game. Yeah, so we get into the second period. As uh, Svechnikov scores from Ajo and Slavin, he ties it. Very, very good snipe. Uh, pretty far back. Uh, it was above the uh, face-off circles. And, I mean... I'm happy Sveshnikov scored. That's what counts. But that was a poor goal for uh, Jack Campbell. I, I've never, I've allow. never been very high on Jack Campbell. So I mean, it's what it is. There, but he's uh, their best goalie. I he's think their best goalie. Had. But their best goalie still isn't all that. I mean, he's fine, but he's not. I, I would still, even after this game, I'd still take Frederick Anderson over Jack Campbell. Oh, I would too. Uh, it's just Anderson didn't really. I didn't think at the end of this game Anderson was the better goalie. I mean, what Campbell. in the world was he doing when he went out to try and play the puck? That puck was moving about as fast as a snail. 
I mean, what yeah. in the world? You go out the play? No, that was you don't do stupid. That. You saw that. That was a train wreck happening. I mean, you felt like it was in slow motion because you knew what was going to happen. Yes, I believe that was the Evander Kane. Well, maybe it was. No, it was Nuka Hopkins' goal. Yes. I believe, in the third period. Yep. Because uh, Mc- McLeod scores for Edmonton to regain the lead. It was shorthanded, too, which that really stung. And then Evander Kane uh, scores on a two-on-one. I remember that. Burns was in the middle of that. And I think what happened is he thought that... I think it might have been Netches was, go- was able to come back. And he just went full on to the player that had it. And yeah. but he gave it to Nuka Hopkins and he finished it. He yeah, finished nothing it. Anderson gonna do on that one. No. And so it's three to one Edmonton. To me at that point, I kinda thought the Hurricanes were gonna lose this game. Three to one against Edmonton at Edmonton. Pretty hard to come back from. But Carolina has shown resilience and they do it again. With Svechnikov scoring again from Natchez and Burns. And good for Burns for getting assists. I did not think he played that good of a game, in my opinion, though. Yeah, he did not have that great of a game. We definitely, we both have said we would like a little bit more out of Burns. Yes, but it is, I mean, what, that was the fourth game into the season. I mean, I want to give a few of these players, especially the new ones like Burns, like Stastny. Uh, to kind of get into rhythm, so I'm I'm being a little bit more lenient on the new players than the players that we've had last season, and I think that makes sense. Yes. So we'll see how Burns does as he progresses throughout the season. As we head into the third period, Edmonton scores with a Nuka Hopkins goal, and that was when Anderson kind of misled, like we just said. Very slow-moving puck. I was surprised um, he didn't get a penalty, to be honest, because I thought he was kind of outside the He was very close. Very close. There was no reason to... um, There wasn't a reason for him to do that, so that was a mistake. You learn. I doubt Anderson does that again. Yes, and it proves... I remember someone saying this, and I thought there was some truth to this. Nothing good happens when your goalies come out of the goal crease. Yeah, he's usually not going to be very good unless you've got plenty of chances and plenty of room. And Anderson had no room and no chance, so that made most sense to me. Well, I'm talking about that, and I'm talking about the Toronto David Ayers game. Yeah, you go out, you can get injured. Yeah. Ever since that game, I've kind of gotten a little bit of, oh, please don't get hurt. <laughs> Ever since that game, for some reason. I don't know why. But... Um, Svechnikov gets his hat trick, yep. which we were really happy about from Aho and Nason. Nason, he's actually gotten um, a, a few points for Carolina, actually. If you look at the stat sheet, good for Nason. I think he's actually been doing pretty well. Uh, him along with Derek Stepan and Martin Hook. I think they've been a really good And Stasny played on that fourth line that game. Yes, he did. Martin Hook moved up to the stall line. But I thought I I mean I like that f- I like the fourth, the second. I think the second line's been the best. Yes. The first line I think it might be a little bit inconsistent. Tara at Ryan times. is just not Tara Ryan is playing like poo poo right now. That's yeah, to me that's the reason why the first line can be a little bit inconsistent because Tara Ryan hasn't really done well. Done well recently. But he had a slow start last season, and he kind of built built a season. I still have faith in Teravine, and I think he's a very skilled player yes. overall. Uh, and I mean, I like the stall line, but that, I, that line's gotten off to a slow start too. It's gotten off to a slow start. There's more offensive capabilities in that third line, but I think they've done a good job of showing how defensively sound they are. I, I think that's kind of how I want to describe because, I mean, yes, they could do better, but I think they're doing their job of being a very good defensively sounded line. And they're kind of, I mean, Brendan Moore wanted this. He kind of wanted the stall line to be the stall line of last year when it was Nino, Stall, and Foss. They still have that grindy feeling whenever they get out on the ice. But they could score more. And there's reason 
why we call stall Stonehand stall at times. Yeah, very <laughs> true. So, uh, gets his hat trick. I am very happy for that. But then Dracidal scores on a power play, and it's four to three. Edmonton. At this point, I, I was just like, whenever the Hurricanes try to tie it up, Edmonton's probably going to Yeah, because they went up by two another. there. So it was like, what, six, it was like, what, five to two, five to three. It was five to three with a dry sidle goal. And Natchez scores on a power play. Oh, that was such to... a beautiful, beautiful oh, drive yeah. to the net. Oh, yes, absolutely. It was a gorgeous goal. Beautiful feed from Ajo and Burns. And Carolina gets a power play goal. That's important, too. I mean, that gives you something to build off of a game that hasn't been very good, is to get a power play goal. Yes. And for a minute, due to my optimism and hope, I thought they were going to tie it and go to overtime, but McDavid seals it on the empty net. And we go to bed sad. Yeah. But, I mean, what's your biggest takeaway from this game? Is this more of a one-off or is this a huge concern for this game? Uh, It's too early to say this is a concern. I think you can get more positives and negatives um, from this game. You know, Svechnikov's goal scorer, that's fantastic. That's what you need. So it's positive. Got a hat trick. Perfect. He needs to have more of those. More nights like this. Um, Next, um, is that even in a day where your goaltender is trash, your team is pretty much trash, um, you can still be in it. And Carolina was still in it. They weren't very good. I mean, they weren't very good. Svechnikov, Anaho were pretty much the two best players on the ice. Yeah, they were. And HS was fine, too. I mean, really, those have been your three best players throughout the beginning of the season, along with Slavin. He's not getting points, but he's, just, he's always good. Um, Carolina just looked really sluggish, and they looked like they, they didn't want to be there. And it was just a tough, tough outing. And, you know... Yeah, you can. Um, so you can lean toward the one-off. This is just a one-off. They can get back into form against uh, Calgary. I will. I will. I will give you the, my answer to that after we watch the Calgary game. Really? Okay. Because I want to see what happens in the Calgary game, which is what you and I are about to do right now. Yes, we are. So now we are on the uh, Calgary game. We finished it uh, last night, late game. And uh, mm. we lost in overtime during that game. It was a there were there was some good in the game. Aho looked like he was buzzing early. Um, at the end of the day, special teams describes the results of the story. the The Hurricanes penalty kill was okay, but the power play was just about as um, atrocious as it could have been. I've ne- Adam Gold said it too. He, he's never seen a, a worse. Four minute power play. I agree. That was it was the absolute worst four minute power play at the end of a game I've ever seen. It was it was embarrassing. Yes, and we will get to that. Um in the first period, I mean I thought the that was the best period the Hurricanes played. Yes. Uh Carolina gets a goal from Aho. Um he he Aho really has good speed and there are players that have really good speed other than Ajo, too. I think of Natchez. I kind of think of Svechnikov, even. Yep. But it's kind of knowing when to use that speed is is what makes those goals happen for Carolina. And I think Ajo used that speed perfectly to get around the defender and put it in five-hole against Markstrom. That was a great goal. I thought he was to me, the best player on the ice for Carolina. Yeah, I think so, too. And I, I think, Car- and, and I want to be clear, as much as I thought the power play was horrible, as much as I thought a lot of players didn't play well, I'm choosing to single out a certain player today, too. And not that he played horrible, it's that he just hasn't shown up yet this season. That's Brent Burns. I, I just, I don't see it yet. I don't see him yet. Is he going to be an absolutely amazing player? I I believe he's going to be. I would like to see that happen sooner rather than later. I mean, you never know. It, it might happen against Vancouver. It's a team that's struggling right now. The only thing that concerns me there is they're going to be pissed off. So do we get the brunt of that fight? You know, are we the team that has to face that and, and we get beat? I hope not. It's a team we should beat. Um, But maybe, you know, I, I think... 
I think giving Burns some runway is acceptable, and I think we we are we're going to. I think by the f- game fifteen, if he hasn't really picked it up, I think there's cause for concern at that point. Yes, and I would put Stastny in that boat as well. Another new player, and, and again, it's just the new players. Uh, t- to me, um, I I mean, I can't consider him a new player, but I think he's done pretty well as Stefan Ason. He's. I thought he played great last night with Stepan and I think Stasny yeah. was on the fourth line. That fourth line, I think, was probably the best line, but the best player was Aho because I didn't think Jarvis. No, Jarvis was looked good. Uh, I thought Teravainen looked good in the first period, but I think it kind of dialed back as the game went along. Yeah. I think some of this is a result of schedule, too. I mean, it's kind of tough when you play a game, then two days, then you get two days off, play a game, get two days off. I mean, we played yesterday, which was Saturday. We're off today, Sunday. We play tomorrow, Monday in Vancouver. Then we're off for three days. You're off Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. You play on Friday. Yeah, oh, goodness so- gracious. But fortunately, and and I've heard this too, I think a back-to-back is going to be good for them. I agree with that sentiment, which they get next weekend on Friday, Saturday. Yes, and um, going back to the game in the first period, we have uh, Calvin uh, DeHaan scoring from Stastny and Nason. Again, Nason proving to be very well. And I do agree. I think um, the reason kind of like why we lost this game um, I do think a factor is the scheduling. It hasn't uh, been perfect for the Hurricanes. And I think it's important to look here, too, on a game where I feel Carolina was definitely not the better team. We got a point. And we got a point against a Western Conference team. So you can take a point and get out of there, and you don't get both. It's not the end of the world, because right now we're playing all Western Conference teams. So if you can go out there, you can get some points, win a couple games, that's great. I think for this to be a good road trip, or at least successful one, you need to win against Vancouver. Yes, if that's lose, an absolute win. If you lose against Vancouver, then I would argue that this road trip was a failure and not up to par for what the standards are for this organization. Yeah. So we'll see how that game in um, Vancouver goes. And uh, one thing I do want to point out, uh, because this was when Calgary scored their first goal in the first period, Kadri gets on the power play. Uh, the penalty that led to that power play was Jordan Stahl um, slightly tapping his stick. I mean, <laughs> and the reason why I say slightly t- tapping is because I, I think Kadri kind of knew that stall stick was right on the, his skates. Kadri acted like Jordan Stall came in there literally like Stall Bunyan and chopped at his legs. If you watch that play, Kadri sold it. Oh boy, did he sell it? You felt sorry for the little boy. He fell and got tripped by Stall. No, good lord, there was no penalty there. That that was that was um. That oh, was I th- I think there was a penalty, and to me, the penalty was an embellishment on Nazem Kadri. Yeah, no, because I mean, you don't flip around like that. Kadri, Kadri sold the call. I mean, he he dove. Uh, it's kind of pitiful with that kind of player to make that kind of a move. It's it's disappointing. He had a really good year in Colorado. He's a tough guy. If you really think that Jordan Stahl can tap him and then he flail and fall over, then you're 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 kidding yourself. Yeah. Now, and I could be wrong about this, but so far during Brenda Moore's helm, I have never seen an embellishment called for the Canes. I don't think there. I have been. not. Yeah, I don't think they've called. And to me, that's ridiculous. And the ref should be called out for that. But I'm not blaming refs, and I'm never going to blame a ref on uh, the result of a game. That comes down to the team. Yeah, I don't think the officiating is is. I mean, yeah, you can have games where you got to play against the officials and the other team, and I don't think this was necessarily it. I think the officiating in this game was bad. It was not good, and and some of that's just simply when Carolina scored the goal that was waved off. 
I thought it was pretty clearly offsides. I don't know yeah, why it let, was. let the play keep going. So that, to me, was kind of a head-scratcher. I'm like, okay, that shows spore officiating on, on one side. The stall trip, that was bad. Calgary got away with a lot of a lot of things in that game. Um, all Hurricanes fans want is we aren't arguing, and, and, and you and I aren't arguing that, um, other than the stall penalty, that these guys aren't committing penalties, right? We're not saying that Svechnikov, I think he took a penalty last night, that he didn't commit a penalty. He did. Yeah, it, it was a retaliation. Yeah, and, and he did. And he needs to be called out for that. You can't have that. No, you cannot retaliate. But if you're going to call Svechnikov for that, then he's retaliating for a reason. Why, did, you know, why didn't you call Calgary for the hold? Because there was a hold. So... All Hurricanes fans want, all we want, and this has been the issue, I mean, you know, if it happens one season, okay, you know, whatever, but now it's just starting to get chronic, where for whatever reason, we get called for every little thing we do, and I'm not arguing that they're not penalties, I'm arguing it cannot be that uneven. Yes, and I would agree, although I do... I always want to be cautious whenever I do talk about officiating, because I, I mean, I understand both sides, but I mean, I do agree with you um, when it comes to officiating. I think there was even an article out last year about it, kind of showing, comparing Arizona and Carolina, right? Yes, yeah, so you, uh, I, I believe you, that was the episode where we had uh, Scott Burnside yep. on, and you asked him about that article. Yeah. So it, it really. It can't be a coincidence. At least I don't. I don't necessarily think it is. Do I think the league's out to get us? No. I know there are some people who will say that they're trying to punish us for beating the NHL's precious Oilers in 2006. I mean, maybe, but I doubt it. I just, I just think things are aren't. I don't know. I don't understand it per se. I don't know if it's because Brendan Moore has a reputation for complaining about calls. I don't know if it's a player, if the Hurricanes players have a reputation for embellishing. I mean, I don't really think we have anyone on our team who does that. The last time we had somebody on our team who did that was Skinner. And I just, I don't see it anymore. But, you know, again, this game comes down to not Carolina, you know, being called penalties. It comes down to Carolina being unable to, to take advantage of the power plays they were afforded. You should score at least once when you get four minutes of, an, of a power play. Yes, you should. And uh, uh, one goal I do want to talk about was the Nick Ritchie goal that tied it for Calgary. Uh, to me, Renta needs to stop that goal. Yeah. Um, so- that was worse than the goal that he allowed in... <laughs> In Seattle. So you're going to a game where we go in Seattle where Rontes blows it, blows it, and, you know, misses it, and it's a goal. You go to uh, Anderson's game against Edmonton. He lets a goal in. (laughs) He goes out to play the puck and blows it there. Um, And then you got this game. So, so far, Carolina's goaltending has been the result of three goals. That's rare for these two. Anderson and Ronta are fantastic goaltenders. But in this game, when we're playing Calgary, that's the difference maker. We lose that game. We win that. We, we may win that game if that goal doesn't go in. It might be 2-1 to one the final. Not saying Calgary might not score on an empty net situation, but if you're just taking the game at face value, we win that game if Ronta can stop the puck. Right? So, fortunately, in Seattle, it didn't matter. In Edmonton, the game is tied if, if Anderson makes that save. Yes, so, I mean, goaltending's been, I mean, a little spotty, but if it is, you do want it to be very early on in the season and not later in the season, so I I do give some leniency for that, but it does need to be improved on. And at the end of the day, this team is a a playoff team. I've seen some stuff on on Crane's Twitter that's saying the season's over. Oh, grow up! It's not over. This this is going to be a this is going to be a good team. This is still going to be a very good year. They're going to be a playoff team. It doesn't matter if we are wild card one, two, Metro one, two, or three. This team gets in the playoffs. They're going to do damage to whoever they play. This is going to be a good team. And I'd rather the power play have issues now 
than, than later. in the playoffs. So yes. normally it's been reversed. The first half of the season, the power play is clicking. Penalty kills, clicking. Offense is clicking. And then we get to the end of the season, and it's like, oh, good gracious day. Why can't we score more than two goals in a game? Yeah. So if we can go through the first part of the season with this problem, and we can fix it, I'm fine with that. If we stay in a playoff spot, and we're still winning games, I'm fine with that. You stay 500 on the road, you win at home, the power play's meh, the penalty kill's good, I think you're fine, and then the power play can heat up. But the only thing I want to say, one other thing I want to say about the power play, oh dear God, put somebody on the one-timer spot. Yes, uh, that I noticed that too. I'm like, you need to have that. And uh, what's interesting, um, I had to be at work today. I was during the downtime. I was making power play lines because I was just like, like, how can we make this better? And I think part of it too. You know what? I know he hasn't played that great, but put Stall out there mm-hmm. on that first power play unit. Let him take the face off and stand in the center. Let him stand in front of the goal. He's a big dude. He doesn't have to get the goals. He just got to be there. Then you put Svetch and Natchez out there on their one-timing sides. Yes. And, I mean, there are lots of players who are successful in the one-timing position on the power play. You think of Ovechkin. Yep. Um, I would say probably... Maybe Eller Stamkos definitely Kucherov yes you need you need that one time right you can't yeah Lane you can't have players play on the same wing um to their same same position you got to have that one one at least one one timer what's been ridiculous is they seem to really love the bumper position. And that's where they get their one-timer from, right? You know, air quotes, a one-timer from. It's on the bumper. That, I, I don't get it. I, I really I don't get it. I, I mean, so interesting stat. Carolina's in the top third of the league since Brendan Moore's taken over on the power play. Fantastic. But guess what? It still ain't good enough when it comes down to the playoffs. So, cool. But guess where Stanley Cup team's power plays are? Probably toward the top. So I'd be willing to bet Colorado probably had an elite power play last year. Again, we're arguing. It's not saying that our power play is the worst in the league. It is not. Was it the worst? Was it horrible last night? Yes, of course it was. If you've got a brain and you got two eyes, you know how bad it was last week or last night. Um, well, Saturday night. And does that mean Carolina? won't get it going now they'll get the power play clicking at some point they'll find the right combination of players and it'll it'll get going it'll get hot this is a good team it's too good of a team for that not to happen yeah uh, it's interesting that you said that like you gotta be in the top five in terms of the power play rankings to be successful in the playoffs here's a stat here and it was posted by Corey Lavalette the 0506 Hurricanes who won the Stanley Cup were 17th yes in the regular season um in terms of the power play uh percentage but they were really good during the playoffs so I just find that an interesting stat so I mean for sure right you can't you cannot do the regular season at the end of the day doesn't matter. That's just the barometer in which you got to get into the playoffs, right? It's it's what allows your players to have confidence going into the playoffs. But at the end of the day, it's what you do in the playoffs that matters. So if you are incapable of scoring on the power play in the playoffs, like Carolina was, you're not going to win on the road. We did not. You're not going to score power play goals. We did not. And your penalty kill is not going to be that great. If you take a lot of penalties, which we did. Rangers series is a perfect example of that. We could not win on the road. We should have. Because we owned New York in game one and two. We should have gone to New York to finish off that series. We should have beat them at least once. Finish it off home. Did not. Should have done the same in Boston. Honestly, we should have won Boston in four. So, I think that we just need to, to, to let this power play figure it out. There's a lot of new pieces on this team. 
And we got to remember, we got good news, too. Pacioretty's probably coming back mid-December. That's yes. going to inject so much life into the power play. And he might be the guy who's on his one-timer. Right? He's would, gonna, he I is going to be to on the power that. play. Pacioretty is going to be on the power play. 100% going to be on the power play. So, we got to wait and see what happens. But I think if the power play can be top half of the league until then, I think we're fine. Penalty kill should be elite. Uh, there is no excuse there. Yes, it should. And, of course, Calgary, I mean, nothing happens really much in third period, even though we thought we scored with Stepon, but that was challenge, offsides by Ajo. We all knew it was offsides and then an overtime. I didn't think we played that good in overtime. I think Cal- Calgary finally uh, scored because I think we were trying to rush the play in overtime. You can't really rush. You got to wait for the, an opening. Yeah, wait for the perfect shot because it's all about possession. If the other guy doesn't have the puck, they can't win. Yes. So you don't I- have to take some random shot. I mean, and I would like to say, even in the pow- even in the overtime, even though it wasn't our best, Natchez looked better in this overtime, right? I didn't see him make some this stupid mistake. Natchez didn't take a shot from almost at the red line. He did that last year. Yeah. So I think we've seen a lot of growth from him. So that that was a positive I took out of out of the overtime. Yes, and I think another thing too, just remembering that overtime last night. I mean, you want to get those shots that really matter, uh, but you also need to find those opportunities too. And I don't think the Hurricanes um, were actively trying to find those opportunities no yeah. they're just going in circles and calgary they have a very good defense but you gotta be more creative you have to assert yourself more into the middle of the ice to try and get those opportunities so that was another thing uh i wanted to state on now for this last bit we're gonna have a new segment of the show for the next 25 weeks because it is the 25th anniversary of the hurricanes And Sam and I, we each are going to come up with our own uh, great memories that we've had over the years. Um, Would you want me to start, or you? Go ahead. Okay, so, one of my favorites, and these aren't ranked, but one of my favorite memories. I would say this was during our long playoff drought, Um, (laughs) but I thought it was just a great story. Uh, we traded for him along with Tara Vine and Brian Bickle. Mm-hmm. And obviously we found out that he had MS. So devastating to hear. Absolutely. And um, when he found out, uh, obviously he started in the AHL to try to get back into playing with the big boys. So he's played in the AHL and all that type of stuff for a while. And it it wasn't until I think the maybe the final two games, I believe, where he was called up to play with the Hurricanes. And I loved it. I hope I think the story might still be up on YouTube. You can guys can try and find it. But there's a really good documented story on Brian Bickle's MS journey to go back into the NHL. But um I remember it was against the Flyers. Yep. And Bill Peters, who was the coach at the time, decided, no, what, we're going to put him in the shootout um, lineup because that game got uh, to a shootout. And, I, and when it did, I honestly thought, are they going to put Brian Bickle in? Because it was his last game. Yep. And the game didn't matter. The game didn't us. really matter because we were... Uh, not going into the playoffs, uh, unfortunately. But when Brian Bickle uh, took up that shootout attempt, he scored. And I was so happy. I remember um, seeing his wife and raising her chi- their child, just being so happy, laughing, enjoying it. The team wanted to jump off of the bench. <laughs> yes, they did. And to me, that is one of the best memories I have had with this Canes team. It was a good, very heartwarming story. Um, you guys might have another one that I'm sure we've all experienced, I think, a couple years ago with David Ayers. 
coming up, maybe, but uh, I just want that to be my story for this episode. Uh, for me, you know, that was a really tough year, tough long years uh, without missing the playoffs. But I think there's a lot of really great memories, and I'm kind of going to go with one. You know, this team had very little hope throughout this time until we drafted Jeff Skinner. And that season of having a player who was just so elite, an elite goal scorer on this team again, was refreshing. Because he won the he won the um, Calder that year. And he deserved it, for sure. And and to me, just being able to go in and see that kind of talent was on that team was great. The team still didn't make the playoffs because they didn't have enough. And they never made it with Jeff Skinner. But being able to see him come into the league, he, he was such a talented goal scorer. I'm still was never, I was never a fan of the trade sending him out. I wouldn't have given him nine million at the contract that he got but i've always loved him as a hurricane he'll always be one of my favorite former hurricane players he was great here i felt sorry for him i still do he's never played a playoff game and when he was younger he always shined in the playoffs so and jeff skinner was never the reason this team never made the playoffs the ownership and management just wouldn't spend money to bring in what they needed to and so I guess it's not really a specific thing, you know, with Jeff Skinner, but that, that season, him winning the, the Calder was, was fantastic. And, um, it was cool to have that because we haven't had that since we came close with the, N- N- sorry, with Nadelkovich. Um, so that's always fun, um, to get those kind of young players in your organization, like, like, uh, Jeff Skinner. So I, I honestly would love to see the Buffalo Sabres make the playoffs. And I know as a Hurricanes fan, not supposed to like Buffalo, but I want to see Jeff Skinner in a playoff game. Yes, that is also a great memory as well. Just remember, if you like this episode and want to help us out, please rate, comment, and subscribe so you never miss another episode. And if you want to keep up to date with our podcast, you can find us on both Twitter and Instagram. Instagram has actually been growing a little bit, which I'm happy. That's good. Also, don't forget, this is awesome. We're all going to be happy. This is the last Canes after dark tomorrow, because then we're home. We are home (laughs) at 7 o'clock. I'm so happy. I could cry. Yes. Uh, We hope you guys have a good week. See you guys next week. See you.